Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Familiar with Ward, uh, Alice? Are you familiar with this band? You know the song? Mm, I don't think so. Don't knock stuff over, please, sir. And there it goes. Oh, oh I do know this song, actually. You know what I say about War, Alice? What do you say? There's about no war? band that that is that has a more unique ambiance than this band. It's like so weird. It's so interesting. The music, you know, it started off din din din. din. It was a little bit lazy. It's a little bit inaccurate. There's a beautiful band. They really are. They're just beautiful and so unique. But there's nobody quite sounds like them, and nobody quite does. I found anyway. Nobody quite does for the mood. Oh, something's not plugged in there. Is that is that supposed to be going to you? Is it supposed to be going to you? Okay, so, very bad things are happening here. Okay, so okay, uh, okay, all right. Okay, you good? Now you should be getting levels. Yes, I'm getting levels. Good. Okay, have a seat, please. Cyril, can you leave possibly and go downstairs with your brothers and sisters so they so they can show you the cupcakes? Yeah, or tell Anson he has to give you back the phone that you just had. Yeah, and, and tell stop bullying you tell your brother and sister that you want to see the cupcakes that we're going to have after no, dinner. Anson, give him the phone. No, but Anson got the blue bear. The blue bear. Well, let's okay, go. Go, go take it up with him. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's try not to knock everything over. All right. Yes, war, Alice. War, war, war. So unique, such a unique band. My, my friend Ronnie, the 
daytime weekend Sunday bartender at the Beacon Hill Pub and also uh, Father's Tour, Our House East, whatever. He used to love war. You know this song? It's called Spill the Wine. We'll get right to business since you're uh, since you're fretting. I'm not fretting. Why are you fretting? Okay, so today Biden gave um, he gave his one year press conference. I thought for him, I thought he did very good. I didn't uh, did very well. I um, listened to it more than I more than I uh, so, so watched it, but it was also coming in and out. Unfortunately, it's where we live doesn't have cell phones towers, <laughs> and so. But I thought for him, he held his own. I thought that he was cogent. I thought that he, he showed an ability to think on his feet when he was talking about um, the Russia and invading the Ukraine. Um, you know, he's still a very cynical and dark guy. There's no doubt about that. But from, from what I heard, he sounded just fine. But I don't even want to start there because I think the biggest thing to talk about is something a little bit different, different, different. Um, listen to this. We're going to start here with this is the this is your combined media Here's uh, MSNBC. Court sources told NPR that with the Omicron surge, Justice Sotomayor did not feel safe in close proximity to people who were unmasked. Chief Justice John Roberts understood that and, quote, asked the other justices to mask up. As you can see in the court sketch, Justice Gorsuch, who sits next to Justice Sotomayor, was the only one to refuse that request. NPR reports Gorsuch's continued refusal to wear a mask has also meant Sotomayor has not attended the justice's weekly conference in person, joining instead by telephone. So you could say that the lack of some sort of rule. Right now, it's it's showing Gorsuch in the box next to him. Can you please, please go check out the cupcakes? Count them for me downstairs, please. Please. Anson. Anson. Give him the phone, please. Right now. Right now. Okay, go. So in, in, Chris Hayes is sitting there in this, in this on the left of him uh, is a picture of Gorsuch, and under it it says Trump judge. So they, you know, the mean Trump judge trying to kill Sotomayor. Rule on wearing masks, with Chief Justice Roberts could have enforced on the court, uh, is a occupational hazard for Justice Sotomayor. It's changed her workplace, made it less safe, puts her health in danger at her place of work. And it just so happens the argument the court heard on the first day back after the holiday break were about vaccine or testing mandates and whether the danger of catching COVID counts as an occupational hazard. Aha. Keep in mind, in addition to Justice Sotomayor participating remotely, two of the lawyers arguing for blocking the mandates were doing so by phone why because they tested positive for covid and the court thought huh probably shouldn't have covid positive people in our workplace they of course both were but in the end right majority including justice gorsuch ruled against the vaccine or testing requirement for large companies writing quote although covid19 is a risk that occurs in many workplaces it is not an occupational emphasized in italics hazard in most COVID-19 can and does spread at home, in schools, during sporting events, and elsewhere, everywhere else that people gather. Well, okay, yeah, sure. 
sure seems like an occupational hazard for Justice Sotomayor, a person at high risk who sits next to a co-worker, refuses to wear a mask, and also has to do her job. It's not like a sports game she cannot attend. Also, COVID is an occupational hazard for millions of Americans, as the minority writes in their dissent, quote, it does not matter. So there you go. So back over to CNN, where they are salty about this. Yeah, they are. We're having them after dinner. They're up in the in my in the in the in the pantry. Yeah, we're having them after dinner. Only after the podcast. Yeah. We'll be you have to let us finish the podcast. You gotta let us finish. You know, go out. Go out of this room. Go, go, go. No, can hey. you please fuck off? Can we, can we Why are you in here? Oh, f- God damn it, dude. Can you go play on the phone right now, please? There's nothing in okay. here for you. So the Supreme Court is famous for its collegiality. What's going on here? Right. Well, Justice Sonia Sotomayor suffers from diabetes, so she's in the high-risk category um, here. And from the start of the term, at every argument that I've attended, she has always been wearing a mask. The other justices haven't been wearing a mask. But then in January, when the infection rates really started to soar, the court released a statement saying that Justice Sonia Sotomayor would now be participating remotely. And the court spokesman made clear that she was not ill. Well, now sources tell us that Sonia Sotomayor feels uncomfortable sitting on the bench if her colleagues are unmasked. And they say that uh, she made that concern clear to Chief Justice John Roberts, although we're not quite sure what uh, John (laughs) Roberts did with the information. So when that argument started, the first argument of the January term, all eight justices appeared in the courtroom wearing masks, Mm -hmm. except for Justice Neil Gorsuch. Now, during arguments, some of the justices took off their masks for a period of time, although the two liberals kept uh, the masks and they keep the masks on at all times, uh, even when they're asking questions. So we've asked the Supreme Court to uh, give us some comment uh, about Gorsuch, why he's choosing not to even bring a mask to oral arguments, and they haven't uh, responded. It's worth noting that all of the justices are vaccinated, they've received their boosters, and they're also frequently tested. Um, I want to read something. for. All right, and one more. Let's go to MSNBC, Nicole Wallace. Tragically, anti-mask insanity has now reached the highest court in the land. That's based on brand new reporting today from NPR, which reveals new fissures opening up among the justices during one of the most consequential years for the court in recent history. The reporting zeroes in on a jarring site earlier this month when the justices took the bench at the height of the Omicron surge, all of them wearing masks except for Justice Neil Gorsuch. Justice Sotomayor, who instead participated remotely from chambers, the NPR report explains, quote, Sotomayor has diabetes, a condition that puts her at high risk for serious illness or even death from COVID-19. And she did not feel safe in close proximity to people who were unmasked. Chief Justice John Roberts, understanding that in some form, asked the other justices to mask up. They all did, except Gorsuch, who, as it happens, sits next to Sotomayor on the bench. It is just one scene that illustrates why NPR describes Gorsuch as, quote, a prickly justice, not exactly beloved, even by his conservative soulmates (laughs) on the court. The latest conflict comes as the court examines pivotal issues Uh like Roe versus Wade, vaccine mandates, and gun justices themselves. But you don't have to be... 
very opaque. They're not, you know, there's not like a White House press corps that reports out. They're not process stories. Yes. There's not a lot of behind the scenes color. But to read Nina Totenberg's reporting, who, who really is a, is a true insider, well sourced on the court, sort of confirms what it looks like from the outside. And I wonder if you can just speak, Joyce, to one of the last places where I think people thought there was some decorum to learn that there is none. One of the things we know about the court, like... So uh, there you go. Well, and that's the thing that everyone's been saying today about Nina Totenberg ever since this sort of got called into question is people have been going, she's so well-sourced. Who would ever call mm-hmm. into question? Nina Totenberg sources NPR. This is really, I mean, shocking Let reporting. the record show, Alice, as of yesterday mm-hmm. at 5.08 p.m., um, Nina Totenberg says NPR stands by my reporting. She tweeted that out. So, statement today from a joint statement by Sotomayor and Gorsuch came out, reporting that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. So, this obviously didn't satisfy a lot of people. Aha, you noticed the careful wording. They didn't say that Roberts didn't ask him to wear a mask. So follow that statement up shortly thereafter with one from Chief Justice Roberts. I did not request Justice Gorsuch or any other justice to wear a mask on the bench. The Chief Justice indicated he will have no further comment. (laughs) I mean, so... The loophole got closed, guys. So now they're trying to say that Nina Totenberg just reported that he requested in some form that the other justices wear a mask as though that's somehow like a loophole. Like, how did he use American Sign Language to ask it? And so that doesn't count? Like, I don't know what in some form is supposed to mean. Did he like make a mask hand gesture? I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. But supposedly that gets Nina Tonenberg out of the fact that she reported something that's apparently completely false. Well, and and this is such a such a great example of too good to to leave alone. Right. This was too good, too delicious. They had to report this. They had to. Of course, the mean Trump judge, because that's what the thought is. Republicans, conservatives, especially Trump conservatives, really at the core, they're just mean for mean's sake. Yeah, and I. Yeah, because it fits the narrative. So it's too good to check. Nina Totenberg is incredibly well-sourced. She heard some rumor at a D.C. cocktail bar that this happened. She wrote it in NPR, which we pay for, by the way. And it's, you know, it fits everybody's perception, especially since this was the seat that Trump stole and Mitch McConnell stole from poor Barack Obama, who didn't get to put Merrick Garland on the bench. Thank you. God, Merrick Garland's not on the bench. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness, Alice. I mean, also, although Sotomayor is a flake too. So, well, yeah, but I mean, like, can you imagine if we'd had President Hillary Clinton and this vaccine mandate case had been decided by Merrick Garland and two more lunatics as insane as Sotomayor and Breyer? Oh, well, not only right? that, but remember, like, remember the. Keep in mind, remember mm-hmm. that the Russian collusion thing. The Trump-Russian collusion thing, that was done during the campaign. So the idea was, of course, Hillary was a lock, a shoo-in, and she was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's got the 
imagine what they the, the witch hunt after Trump and his people then. Right. They had already gotten Manafort. They were already tracking other people. My God. Well, actually, it happened anyway. What am I kidding? But, yeah, so to go back to sort of the this story and the mask thing, I mean, like, there's blue and non lunatic people on Twitter now who are saying that the justices are lying. Why would they lie about this? Just to protect Gorsuch, I don't understand. It's so stupid. Like, why would they lie about it? It makes no sense. What possible reason is there for them to lie about that? Um, there's not. But I like- although although who was I talking to today? I talked to somebody today. Well, maybe it was Todd actually Feinberg, who suggested that the that they uh, fed it to her, that they gave her a dead story to to stick it to her. And that would be pretty canny for them. I mean, people do that all the time. The Supreme Court or just somebody else? The Supreme Court. Because it could just be another source that fed it to her. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, but... And but, I know, think but also, even as of right now, I don't think NPR has issued any kind of correction, note, update, like, for what it's worth, nobody says that this happened, anything on the story, which is kind of incredible, because that's a pretty significant update to your story. Like, you either didn't reach out to them for comment, and or you did and you didn't get one, but now you have one, and, like, to not include that in the story, at least, even if you don't believe it, is pretty incredible. Like, they're just letting the story stand as is, as far as I know, last time I looked at it. Right. And... Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's very interesting. Uh, but the, look what look what the media is doing today, Alice. Trending right now is image of a news broadcast banner from CNN is fabricate. Fact checkers say, AP and Reuters and a bunch of other fact checkers, Alice found that the Babylon Bee mm-hmm. had made a fake Chiron, and they're fact checking it once again. Going after the but this is what these people not only do they suck at what they're doing, but this is what they're spending their time doing. So what I'm told, by the way. From our moles, that the highlight of the, I mean, at the end of the day, for for NPR, we know that it sucks. And they, they, why the frig do these people get any money? Why? It's ridiculous. They shouldn't. I, and, I, and I blame Trump for not unplugging him. So mm-hmm. listen to this. Uh, I, I guess yeah, he couldn't. Have, I guess it's Congress we, technically if, who does it. If we, the Trump administration, I'm glad what he did to the Supreme Court. I'm very very pleased. However, we should have also ended without a Department of Education, without, you know, a Department of Homeland Security. Like, we could have got rid of a lot of stuff, and certainly one of those things could have been NPR. (laughs) So here is what I'm told is the highlight of today. I'm just hearing this with you. This is James Rosen, by the way, who is a friend of mine, as you know, Alice, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Who we talk about the Beatles. Thank you very much for this honor. James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like, to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Wow. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Well, Thank so you. the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose teams. such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns 
about your cognitive fitness. Thank you. I have no idea. Yes, sir. That's it. I have no idea. Um, You know, it's a good question. He was good for him for staying. He's always been good. He reminds Mm -hmm. me of a guy I used to work with at the Herald, actually. A guy whose whose gears are constantly turning as he as he talks. Um, it's a good question. I, I thought today Biden seemed pretty good actually. Or, or and for for he him, he was a little stumbly and slurry. And was he? I didn't I, I didn't thought. see it, but maybe I missed it. Um, and you know it's not. And, and I think the part until he's literally like there were a couple times last year last year when he was like just walking out into left field and <laughs> I <laughs> seemed mean, to trail yeah. around but it's true but i i think the difference is very marked even if you see videos of him in the campaign in like late 2019 early 2020 he's a totally different guy and i don't know how much longer he can continue to decline at this pace and have them cover it up i mean i wasn't really I was technically alive, but not really paying much attention during the later Reagan years. But I always hear liberals in this area talk about how he was so out of it by the end because of <laughs> Alzheimer's and blah, blah, blah. But I don't really have a sense of like how obvious that was to people on the ground or if it was even really happening at all or what. But I mean, it seems clear to everybody who can watch a video of Joe Biden that something's up. Right. Well, the thing with Biden is that we remember him when he was sharp. Right. That's true, I guess. Right. So, or sharper. He was always, you know, always stepping on a rake. But uh, no, I mean, he's certainly but it's less the gaffes and more just like the word enunciations and the body language. And the I don't know how to I, it's hard for me to put my finger on exactly what it is, but he just seems off. Like even that debate where he made that weird like pose with his fists in front of him as he was like, mm-hmm. yes, yes. In time. like he's just weird. He has weird moments and he's sort of like off. I, yeah. I mean, he's always been very gaff prone, but He's just, and that's what I mean. Like, he didn't say anything really outrageous in this presser that I heard. I didn't listen to the whole thing. But, like, just his answers seemed, like, kind of slurred together and he wasn't running out and, you know, and it just, it didn't feel like a person who has their, you know, who who's on the ball. Here's um, um, New York Post Steve Nelson. Well, uh, President Biden on the coronavirus, uh, we're uh, tragically approaching nearly 1 million Americans who died. Um, And I'd like to ask you um, why it is during your three and a half hour virtual summit in November with the Chinese president, you didn't press for transparency and also whether that has anything to do with your son's involvement in an investment firm controlled by Chinese state owned entities. The answer is that we did. I did raise the question of transparency. I spent a lot of time with him and he, uh, the fact is that they're just not they're just not being transparent. Transparency on the coronavirus origins. Yes. And it, you did during yeah. the virtual summit. Okay, follow it up with that after that. Is there a reason your press staff was unaware of that? And what did you say to well, the Chinese president? And they weren't with me the, whole, the entire time. Look, I made it clear that I thought that China had an obligation to be more forthcoming on exactly what the source of the virus was and where it came from. Meh. He was asked at one point if if 
Um, I'm not sure I have it here. Um, if he'd be running with Kamala, he said yes. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's that's gotten me. What I was more interested in seeing, unless something else jumps at you. I mean, he was. It was you know he went in and said he's created all sorts of jobs and the vaccines and this and that. He glad handed um, himself for for the first uh, few minutes. It was what you would think it would be. And then he um, answered a bunch of questions on the Ukraine. Nobody asked about the hostages in Afghanistan, which would have been nice. Um, but so that's where it really what it was. It, that's why to me it's just kind of like uh, neither here nor there. There is something I did want to see, though. Uh, Matt Walsh was on with Dr. Phil, which aired today. And uh, here's a little piece of that. That's a question I would like to throw out to you know, other members of the panel, actually, because just like the four-year-old can't answer what is a girl, well, this is one of the problems with this left-wing gender ideology is that no one who espouses it can even tell you what these words mean. It's like, what is a woman? Well, can you tell me what a woman is? No, I can't because but, it's not for me to say. I, so that he's talking to that person there is named Ethan, identifies as non-binary trans-masculine. And there's another trans person who looks like a woman with a beard on the, on the, uh, on the stage. So he asks, what is a woman? I just heard. Ideology is that no one who espouses it can even tell you what these words mean. It's like, what is a woman? Well, can you tell me what a woman is? No, I can't. Because but, it's not for me to say. I, womanhood looks different for everybody. But do you, what do you mm. define a woman as? An adult human female. And what does a female mean? Uh, well, how, do you, how do you define a female? Someone with, with female reproductive organs. Okay. Someone who's, you know, here's the thing. When you're, when you're female, it goes right down to your bones, your DNA. So that's why if someone dies, okay. we could dig up their bones 100 years from now. We have no idea what they believed in their head, but we can tell what sex they were okay. because it's, in, it's, down in, it's, it's ingrained in every fiber of their being. Interesting. So I'm trying to understand. Your definition is that a woman is someone who is female, you said, right? Correct. Is okay. a biological female. So what happens if we have maybe someone who is female? This is Addison. He, he hopes to educate others on being non-binary. Now, when this nonsense first started, I actually was debating this in a room, which included a female, and I and I said, and and she said, uh, well, "What do you think? What it makes a woman?" And I said, "Well, a woman obviously is has the the capability, the reproductive capability, to uh, you know bring children into the world." And she yelled at me and exclaimed that she had a condition that made her not be able to have kids. So she, I was calling her not a female anymore, which was which was just great. Mm -hmm. As a woman, right? You know, cisgender woman, right? As you explained, as you just explained, it maybe doesn't have the ability to reproduce. This is what he's doing now. Exactly. Organs that you're talking about that are reproductive organs. I have answered the question. You stood up here and said trans women are women. Yes. Tell me what you mean. What is a woman? Womanhood is something that, just as Ethan explained, I cannot define because I am not myself. You used the word. So what did you mean when you said trans women are women? If you don't know what it means, right? So here's the thing. So I do not define what a woman is because I do not identify as a woman. Womanhood is something that is an umbrella term. It includes ah, people that who... That describes what? People who identify as a woman. I identify as a woman. <laughs> oh my God, it's Ibram X. Candy. Yeah. Woman is people who identify as a woman. Everything is just conceptual. But it is... It, God, but but they on. really believe this. They think there's no like definition to these words. And not only do they think there's not a definition to the word, but you can tell by what they asked Matt Walsh that they don't... It's not just that they think there's something called female 
and like gender identity in your head is separate from it, which this is the thing. And this is what's so interesting to me because I've been like watching this happen for a long time. I went to a high school with a very active gay straight alliance. Mm-hmm. Like I've been around gay world for a long time. Right. And I've seen this evolve from the talking point that being trans is when your gender identity doesn't match your biological sex to being trans is when your gender identity doesn't match your sex assigned at birth, which is the new terminology, which reflects that they believe that sex is just what the doctor said when you were born and has no relation to any real thing like They think it's as random as deciding your course in life as, like, whether you have an innie or an outie belly button and just, like, you know, calling people one thing if they have an innie belly button and calling them something else if they have an outie belly button and that, like, we just assign all this importance to it that's not really there and it doesn't really mean anything. And they like to use, like, edge cases, like you're saying, like, you know, Somebody who's infertile, somebody who's past childbearing age, Mm -hmm. somebody who maybe has had reproductive organs removed because of surgeries, because they had like cancer or a hysterectomy or whatever, right? Like, so they like to go around and say this stuff. But the truth is that just because edge cases exist doesn't mean there's not a definition, right? So, like, there is such a thing as female. And I happen to personally like the definition that your body is organized around the principle of producing. Uh, human egg cells as its reproductive cells because mm-hmm. everybody's body is either organized around the principle of producing one of two types of gametes. There are sperm cells and there are egg cells and those are the only two types. There's not a magical third type. There's nobody whose body isn't like designed to do one of the two, right? And like, so there are people who are intersex who are born with slightly different sets of chromosomes or who are born with, you know, abnormalities of their reproductive organs or whatever. And like, that's, it's it's very easy to say then like, oh, there's multiple gender, there's different genders. But for one thing, I'm not sure that people who are intersex or people who have developmental abnormalities around like their reproductive organs do enjoy being lumped in with trans people <laughs> first of all because they tend to you have mean hobbyists so they tend to have very specific medical needs for one thing mm-hmm. and secondly like they didn't just make this up like they actually it's like actually a thing right let's continue um, let's, let's, for let's, another thing though okay. but but I mean, this has a clear definition. It's really a thing. And this is has been the goal of the trans movement for years to so muddy the waters and just, you know, use these edge cases to try and drive a wedge and make people think that there really is no such thing as not even just a woman as being biologically female. You know, they'll say that gender is a continuum or gender is or even biological sex is a continuum because like some people are born with smaller penises or whatever. And they'll talk about it as though like a penis is just a pretty large clitoris and that that's all on a continuum. So who are you to say, like, if somebody's penis is too small, is he not really male? Like, we can't even look at me when you say that. We can't even tell what people are. Is it a large clitoris? Yeah, but at the same time, Alice, what is the need then for uh, Leah Thomas to need to go and race with, with the girls? Because what is the girls? I mean, like like this person who's a trans person, why does he need to be she so much when he doesn't really know what she means? 
if she doesn't mean anything. Well, I think that trans person, they are saying that... Why are you calling him they? They are not a fem- woman, so they can't decide what it means. Okay, let's go back to this Matt Walsh thing. Trans women are women if you don't women know what it means. Things, right? So here's the thing. So I do not define what a woman is because I do not identify as a woman. Womanhood... That's not how it works. You can, you can define things as they are... De- whether or not Despite, you are that. Yes, I can have no define a de- frog even though I'm not a frog. I, I, I think you can do this, right? Well, yeah. I mean, and they have no problem with plenty of other things. They're happy to define racist yes, and I fascist they- <laughs> and plenty of things that they aren't. So, you know, it's not that everybody gets that to be whatever they say. Term. It includes umbrella people term. who describes what? People who identify as a woman. I- identify as What? As a woman. What is that? Was to each their own. Each woman, each man, each person is going to have a different relation with their own gender identity and define it differently. And so trans women are women too. Somebody's really clapping. Women are women too, he said, Alice. There you go. Wow, we get to be women. You get to be women too. Amazing. So blessed. You want to reduce women, you want to reduce men down to maybe just their genetics, our genitals, no. our chromosomes, right? Well, isn't that what it is? Isn't that what it comes down to? Mm-hmm. Is there, I mean, I mean, he's, that's what you're what saying. You want to do that, is that's a, what you, what you want to do is appropriate women. You want to appropriate womanhood okay. and turn it into basically a costume that could be worn. He's a, he's a ballsy person. Oh my goodness, God! I got it. Oh, it I is can... true, and it is offensive, and it's especially offensive. All these like firsts that we're having, like the first quote female admiral or whatever, the first female Jeopardy champion. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And you know, Leah Thomas may or may not be the one to do it, but this is going to continue to be a problem, right? Like. First, they were saying it wasn't a problem because there were... You don't want your shirt anymore? I have to clean it? Okay. Why don't you go downstairs and I'll get you a new shirt as soon as we're done, which will be pretty soon. Love you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Nice job. Um, so I guess what's interesting to me in all of this is that they're so open about it now at this point and like people are still cheering it, right? Because they went for a long time with this sort of like, you know, the difference between biological sex and your gender identity, which is in your head. And now they're literally trying to take biological sex too. And redefine that also. And it just goes to show that there's like no end to the slippery slope with these activists. Right. Right. Like anything that you can come up with that could happen down the road of the slippery slope will happen. Because if they're telling you that biological sex isn't real, then like, I mean, anything goes. Because we all know biological sex is real. Like that's not a question. And don't give me some like, you know, tribe that had like, men dress up as women once a year to be 
part of a religious ritual or whatever the crazy examples they come up with. It's always like the weird edge case nuts examples. Every society on earth has differentiated between men and women. We all know there's a difference. Any child can see that there's a difference. It makes no sense for them to to keep pushing this point. But like it's like an emperor's new clothes thing. If they can tell you every day that the sky is green until you walk around telling other people that the sky is green and then they have enormous power over you. Enormous. It's out of control. I mean, they went so fast from like, oh, just be kind to people. If people want to be called a different name, what's it to you if you just humor them and make them feel better? It hurts them psychologically if you call them the wrong gender. All the way to like, you can't believe biological sex is even a real thing. It doesn't even exist, right? And um, we were going to talk about the sports thing a little bit too. And I got off that track with the kid being in the room and whatever. But like they tried for so long to tell us that this wasn't an issue because like trans people were so downtrodden and, you know, attacked by society that no one would ever pretend to be trans to get ahead in sports. How can you say that? You don't understand the suffering trans people go through. No one would ever pretend such a thing. The very, very few trans people that play sports, like, just let them play. What are the chances they'd be good enough to go to the Olympics? It's like 0.02%. Nobody's winning sports as a trans person. Like, until you start to have some trans people that actually were, like, pretty good at their sports you know, when they were men, now starting to play sports as women. And, you know, Leah Thomas was a totally mediocre men's swimmer. I mean, I'm sure Leah Thomas was a fine men's swimmer because she was swimming in college and whatever. And you have to be at least like, okay, to swim on a college team. But, you know, was not like setting records as a men's swimmer. Right. And now is setting records as a women's swimmer. And, and the, the thing is, is like, what happens when the man who wasn't a mediocre men's swimmer decides to transition? Because eventually, odds are, it's going to happen. You know, well, and, uh, and the sports where I see the biggest problem are probably like running and swimming because these are the ones where there's like the oh, most... Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's such a litmus test. It has to... You need to be speaking like Matt Walsh or... or That's why I was having this, this discussion today because... Because I think it's a litmus test. Either you're playing make-believe and being misogynistic while doing it, devaluing women, or you're being sane about things. And if you're going to play insane, then that's a problem. So I had today in Connecticut, I had uh, Bob Stefanowski on, who is, he's he almost won last time. He's the Republican running for, running for governor in Connecticut. So I had him on, Alice, and listen to this. This mm -hmm. is the first thing I asked him about. You may, the open might be here too, so I apologize. In pre roll too, it's because I'm me. Of course, you're going to hear. New something. to Curiosity Stream. When you say Heinz, I think ketchup. I say Coors, you think beer. How did the most. I okay, don't worry about that. That's going to end in a second. Oh, God. The brands that feed our world on Eat Me. Or on Eat Me. <laughs> so, Allison, what do you think? Remember, this is the guy, he's like the Charlie Baker kind of. Connecticut. It's best gambling. He's considered a palatable enough Republican to win statewide office. Dollars. That's a dollar you guys yet? a month. Visit Curious.com. Mm -hmm. The world moves pretty fast. Hey, World come on. With I'm ready. You ready? We all ready? Here we go. So here's my open. Hold on. Re I expect you. 
I mean, look, like I. That's a Tom Shattuck show on WTIC. Some That's U.S. Right. airports this week. The Harlem Wizards held a clinic in the updated Ansonia Armory several weeks ago, and that day, Griffin Health and the team announced the February sixth exhibition game, exclusive to fully vaccinated. Where they are. I'm gonna run by you a couple of um. Here's just things we're talking here's about. Bob. Once again, Republican front runner. He almost won last time. He's he's you know good. Listen to what I run by him. Listen to his answer here. First of all, yeah. what is your take on uh, Leah Thomas, the most prolific uh, female swimmer uh, in history, uh, continuing to break record after record? That one, I'm not, I, I hate to say it, but I've been preparing so much for the uh, campaign. I'm not up to speed. So the, she, she is a trans woman. He, he is a biological uh, male competing okay. with the girls and breaking all yeah. the records. You know, it's a tough one, Tom. Yeah, you can kind of see both sides of it where, uh? <laughs> you know, if you don't have that advantage, it's not fair. But then, on the other hand, people got to make personal choices. I, I think you got to leave it up to the local people to decide what's right. But it, it's a tough issue because you can see both sides of it. So you're in the same would go for, uh, for instance, uh, girls' soccer teams. You know, in Connecticut, there's been some track uh, issues as well. You're okay with trans men being on girls' well, teams? You know, I... <laughs> You caught me off guard on this one. I mean, I'm not okay. a real fan of it, to be honest with you. I, I, I think the, the hard part is where do you draw the line? Um, you know, you got to be At sympathetic the to on that, the women's that, sports that teams? girl or guy who was, you know, number one in the track team, and then all of a sudden somebody else comes in and does it. But. I don't know that we should be mandating anything at, at, at the state level, Tom. I, I, I think you got to look at the community, you got to look at the individual situation, and, and you got to make a determination there. Would you, um, okay, so let's get to. You, I feel like it almost sounds like he thinks it was like a gotcha question. Or yes, something. and actually, I think, I don't think they're very happy, but, but the thing is, and I like him just fine, but it's the litmus test. Are you going to play make believe and, and, and encourage people? to play this make-believe game or not. And it seems to me he's going to play make-believe. Well, right, because like I say, this has been the slipperiest, slippery slope I've ever seen in my life. I mean, like, gay people couldn't even get married until 2016, and now we're, like, seriously acting like like the mean Republicans are just going a bridge too far by saying that men can't play girls' sports. Like, are... Are we really having this conversation? Like, how far left have they pushed the conversation in five years? It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, somebody has to push back at some point. Or, or I mean, like, we're done as a civilization. This is ridiculous. Right? Like, Right. And it's, and it's the, the thing is, and the same with the Matt Walsh thing, it's like, it's not about being offensive. I, I, I think what it is, is the left has this feeling that, Oh please! They're getting beat up and murdered. You don't know how, how much hell this is for this person. Just play along, and it's like uh, I think that's where the best best case scenario is, where they're just trying to be empathetic. Right. But still, it's no good once it starts doing real harm. That's the problem well, in bending the is, truth. What I want to know is right. Why is Leah Thomas, the male to female trans swimmer, competing in the girls category? And also, I forget the name, unfortunately, of the uh, female-to-male trans swimmer at Yale who's also competing in the women's category. Wouldn't you think if it's so psychologically Wait a second. Is that true? Yeah. 
So if it's so psychologically distressing for Leah Thomas to have to compete in the men's category because it doesn't match her perceived gender identity and it would be so mean to make her compete with the men, then why isn't it mean for the female to male trans swimmer to have to compete with the women? Because nobody's making him compete with her. I, I'm confused. The female to male, the was born a girl but wants to be a guy right. swimmer is also competing on the women's team. Let's go back. Like, how do they all get to be women? I don't get it. <laughs> Matt Walsh. By the way, I have done a craven thing. I have retweeted his tweet right there and added a comment because I noticed that he's retweeting some of those. And let's see if my pathetic groveling attempt <laughs> to get a retweet happens. So here's another cut from this. There should be no construct of gender, just sex. You're either male or female. Right. And someone feeling in a mental, emotional way that they don't identify with the sex that they have been biologically created as and assigned at birth based on... Dr. Fields essentially... He's trying to walk the line. Yeah, he's he's in in the... uh, What's that called? He's essentially bomb diffusion. What's that something jacket... uh, Mm Mm-hmm. In Iraq, the war that uh, the, the the movie that what's his name was in Chris, uh, the guy who defused bombs in Iraq. No, nothing. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. What Something it's jacket. I'm gonna find what it. It's called. But <clears throat> yeah, he's obviously trying to because he knows he's not allowed to say. He knows that Christians get offended if you say sex is assigned at birth because, I mean, and anybody with a brain should be offended, frankly, more than Christians, like. Sex isn't assigned at birth. The Hurt Locker. Doctors don't didn't come up with the idea <laughs> randomly to like call people with penises one thing and people without something else. Like it's not like some weird. Well, that's the thought. To tell you, if they don't feel that way, that there's no construct that describes that, experiences that. Well, that's got nothing to do with the reality. So you can feel however you want. I mean, I could sit here and say that I feel like a tomato plant, but that doesn't mean that I actually am those things. So your, your self-perception, you can have whatever self-perception you want, but you can't expect me to take part in that self-perception or to take part in this kind of charade, this theatrical production. You don't get your own pronouns, just like you don't get your own prepositions or your own, your own adjectives. You know, it's like if I were to tell you, my adjectives are handsome and brilliant. And no matter, whenever you're talking about me, you have to describe <laughs> me as handsome and brilliant because that's how I identify. Makes no sense. You don't get your own pronouns. These are, that's, that's, that's grammar. That's language. So you think it's a delusion. Someone is self-delusional. Yeah, I think it's... it's- Doctor feels such a weasel. He's just <laughs> imprinting all this all on Matt Walsh, even though he thinks it's the delusion, well, of yeah, course. But he, but he also wants sponsors. But right, so here's a... He- and, like, here we get at the heart of it. Like, is is this real or is it not real? Because the trans movement wants you to believe that what they feel in their head is real, right? And I think that, like, that it's important to think about the fact that, like, we can have... I did have a shirt on this kid before the podcast. I'm just pointing out. Just saying. Um, yeah. uh, but... I think people get upset, and this is true of a lot of things, not just being trans. People get upset when you point out that things they think are real aren't real, right? Right. And and that can be true, like, if you're anorexic and they say that you're not really fat, that you weigh 90 pounds and you need to gain weight. But 
it feels to you as though you're fat. And that feeling is real. I mean, there are people with psychosomatic illnesses. They do things like with these twitches. I think we talked about it. There's like a TikTok trend where people have twitches and they like watch too many videos of other people having twitches and they get twitches. Oh, yes. Yes. And, like, and I mean, it's real. Like they can't control it. They really have a twitch from watching somebody else have a twitch. You know, it's not that they're faking it. Right. It sounds like it's, an OCD kind of thing. Right. But it's not that you're faking the thing. It's that it's that things really happen to you that are psychological and that are happening in your mind. Like, just because something's happening in your mind doesn't mean it's not real, per se. Right? Like, you're really experiencing gender dysphoria. People experience all kinds of addictions. I was talking to somebody recently who's a little bit younger than me and has started getting preventative Botox. Really? Yeah. And uh, Oh no. I was talking Preventative Botox what is that? It's like you start getting Botox so you don't move your muscles too much so you don't get wrinkles. Oh, this is I know who this is because you just adopted your so, mutual accent. I don't think so. This is part of Motme Pod. So mm -hmm. but um so anyway. Excellent denial so, work there, Alice. So I was <laughs> I was talking to her on a video call I happened to be on. Mm -hmm. And um and she was showing me that when she tries to put her eyebrows together, she can't put her eyebrows together anymore. Really? Yeah. Because the Botox. Yeah. Because it freezes your muscles. <laughs> right? So but like, people get addicted, and you, like, can't stop because you see yourself a certain way. People get addicted to all kinds of plastic surgeries. You see the celebrities, uh, yeah, and they I keep would say getting so. plastic surgeries, and you're thinking, like, do they think that this looks good? But, like, the people that do that, that are addicted to that, that, like, keep getting nose job after nose job or keep getting boob job after boob job, like, they really look in the mirror and still see a person with a big nose. To them, that's real. They really look in the mirror and see somebody with a small chest. And, like, to them, that's real. And that's called body dysmorphia for a reason, right? Like, nobody's saying people who are trans aren't really dysphoric, right? Nobody's saying. But, like, we're saying that it's a psychological phenomenon. Like, and that that it doesn't reflect reality any more than an anorexic person is really fat just because they say so, right? right? Delusion, it could be mental illness. It could be, oh, it's, it's a lot of different things. With, with children, oh, wow. you know, there, there's also just a basic confusion that all kids have. Like, that's why when you hear, when you, when you hear someone, a parent say, oh, my four-year-old uh, son came, came to me and said that uh, I'm a girl now, and so that's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise him as a girl. No, you're, you're a four-year-old. I have four kids. When a four-year-old boy comes to you and says, oh, I'm a girl, here's a good follow-up question. What is a girl? Ask him what he means by that. What do you mean by a girl? And when you, when you ask him that, here's what he'll tell you. He will tell you what he really means is that he he wants to do some of the things that girls do, like play with the dollhouse or, or, you know, he likes the color pink. That's fine. Play with the dollhouse. But you're still a boy. My goodness, Matt Walsh. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, there's a professor who was part of the show who... Uh, who um, who was uh, who took the other side of the argument? How do you feel about the gender neutral bathrooms and locker rooms? Yeah, well, I agree with my fellow my fellow Matt over here. Loudoun County is a famous case that the Daily Wire we helped uncover. Uh, there was a, a gender nonconforming boy in a dress who went into a to a girl's restroom and rape violently raped uh, a, a young girl. After that happened. That's when this, the school district decided, oh, you know what? Now we're going to open up the restrooms and uh, invite the, the boys in with the girls. 
Now, here's what happens. Because we hear a lot about, well, gender nonconforming people, transgender people, uh, it, it makes them feel bad if, they don't, if, they're not, if they're not given access to the bathrooms they want. Well, okay, I, so they have their feelings. What about the feelings of the girls who are getting raped? There are many girls and many women who are speaking out and saying, we want privacy in our facilities. We don't want a man in the in the bathroom with us. And then what we hear Most from what we hear from this side, what, what, we hear, what we hear from this side, I did not is, say that we want open bathrooms where anyone okay. can go in. What we hear from this side is that well, their feelings don't matter. We're not going. We, who, who cares? You just have to deal with it, right? Because the transgender people, the gender nonconforming people, it's it's their feelings that take priority. I'm not trying to minimize your concern around it, but I don't know that it's a safety issue. Um, and uh, you usually still have another bathroom that it's you can a, go to. It's security a security issue. My daughter would not feel safe or secure if she had to share a bathroom or a gender-neutral locker room with boys. <sighs> man, what a time. All right, Alice, did I get my... Oh, damn, come on, Matt. No. No, I didn't get my retweet. All right, anything else, Alice? Now that your son is, uh, oh, well, he just took one of the cameras, he just ripped one of the cameras out. Yep, I stopped the scene. And by the way, Alice that. raised that one, just so you guys know. <laughs> <clears throat> just so you guys know. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, I need to go deal with my kids, but you can follow us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com. We're on Gab, we're on Parlor. Tom Shattuck is on Instagram, Tom W. Shattuck. We're also at uh, Burn Barrel Podcast. Substack coming, I <laughs> swear, I swear, okay? Maybe he can write about how Say tortured I am by the children. Child attacking poor Alice. All right, guys, see you later. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.